and welcome to Pet Chats with the APBC. We are the Association of Pet Behaviour Counsellors and we're here to teach you how to be the best pet owner or behaviourist in the world. I'm Laurie Hewitt-Watt and this is my co-host Danielle Beck. Hello. <laughs> Hi Danielle. So I thought um, today we were actually having a conversation about this before yeah. and it might be really useful to talk about how pet owners can get the best type of support from their behaviourist. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Uh, what do you think people need to take into consideration before they contact a behaviourist? I think there's so many things that people need to bear in mind because when you contact us, is it's not a quick fix. It's not a one-stop shop. There, there are so many different possibilities as to why your dogs are behaving the way they do. And it's our job to look at every possible angle, all different aspects covering like their their diet and their health and their exercise and, and their lifespan and their, you know, the life cycle. <laughs> Um, where they are in their growing and so many different things to take into consideration to then help you mm. but we can only help you so, so far um, because we're not the ones that are actually going to do the training so when clients come to us have a think about what it is that, that you need mm. you know do you need someone to be present and give you a step-by-step plan that they can implement with you so do you need someone that's going to come out to you every week or so and help you implement something Thing, or meet you virtually online and help you through the progress do you need someone to just tell you that it's okay yeah and to let you know what the problem is and that your dog's not dangerous they're scared or they're frustrated or they're in discomfort or whatever the problem may be are you someone that doesn't particularly a bit introverted maybe and doesn't really want to do too much in-person stuff mm-hmm. in which case there's loads of us that work virtually and we can basically give you a plan and an online kind of segment for you to work through independently that you can go through. There's so many different things for you to to know and bear in mind that it's it's finding some, the support that works for you and having the right kind of expectations with the behaviors that, that you have yeah. and that you've chosen to go with. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, the reason I ask is just because I think we kind of alluded to it in the last um, session. But I think, you know, for there's this vision that a behaviourist come. I don't know. I think different. Actually, I think different people have different expectations. Like some people think a behaviourist comes out, writes a report and then they go and you never see them again. And then some people think a behaviourist takes your dog or, you know, dog trainer takes your dog and takes them on boot camp and trains them up. So I think there's always different ideas. Um, one thing to to note is, I suppose, for other pets, because you do reptiles as well, don't you? I do, yeah. And I also see cats. Yeah. And, and, and with that, would you say there's slightly different options? Because would you say there's more options for dogs potentially? Or do you think that there's other options for other animals as well? Definitely. I tend to find that with I think because dogs are such a social species, they tend to attract very social Mm. humans that tend to want to go outside. They don't necessarily want to mix with other humans, but they want to go out and enjoy time with their dogs. They sometimes need more of that in-person support, and sometimes they really need someone to to see the problem behavior. And that's the bit that's almost quite ethical for us. Because the amount of time, because I do a lot of my consults virtually, because we need to have that discussion first before I, I see your dog. And some people are like, no, I really need you to come out on a walk and see my dog react. And I think that's a difficult hurdle for some people. Yeah. And you might see the same with some of your separation cases where it's a, I need you to see what my dog does. Mm-hmm. And it's useful for us to see. I'm not saying it isn't, but it's not nice for the dog. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us don't want to see the dogs in distress. We know what that looks like. Uh, we'd rather kind of discuss and help and help you through it so if you're after 
you kind of need to think about what it is that that you want and some some of the behaviorists you know they do the that we will come out whether in person or virtually and they'll listen to you and they'll write a report and they'll give you a step-by-step treatment plan and away you go and that is fine for some people in some situations some people just want to know what issues they're dealing with what the possible causes could be and how they can manage it short term and help them long term and they're happy to do that self-study thing other people really need that hand-holding yeah i find with with um people who like the traditional support just they just want an answer so if you're somebody and you're thinking like my my pet my dog is doing this is you know for example my dog has snapped at somebody are they an aggressive dog do they need to be put to sleep sometimes people just want one of us to come in and say you know xyz this is what happened this is how to stop it happening in the future or this is the yeah. risk that it's going to happen in the future and then they're happy with that and and that solves the problem they, they don't yeah. like it again so so i think i suppose do you think it would be right in saying that if you're looking for you know almost an answer like why did it happen what was the answer and what are things i can put into place that might suit that kind of more traditional yes background report so yeah 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 yeah, absolutely. Because sometimes, like if you've had, like you're, you've had a dog, then they're, they're like four or five years old, everything's always been fine. And then you had a family event and the dog stole some chicken and then they snapped at someone because they reached out at them under the table. Um, you know, it's a one time thing and we can look at all the different aspects. And chances are it was a one off. We can put things in place to stop it happening again. We can do a few things to help make sure that the dog's OK and check them out medically and things. But ultimately, that tends to just need that kind of one off assessment they don't really need a lot of extra follow-ups because it is a one-time event it was very context specific and sometimes people just need to know that and And we can discuss the safety around it and the risk assessments is it high risk what the chances of it happening again yeah exactly and you know for some dogs the chance of it happening again are relatively low and we could put things in place to stop it for others when we look through the history we're like oh actually this has been building up for a while this is actually quite likely to happen again in which case you would probably need more of that follow-up support mm. so we can keep monitoring the progress as you move forward. Mm. And there's a lot of there's a lot of behaviors that even those of us that do the kind of one-time session report and then like a follow-up, if they if they notice that, they will then refer you on to someone that can give you that follow-up support. And the same the same in reply. So if you're a trainer and if you're you're out for a training problem because the dog's pulling on a lead or they're jumping up at visitors and you're like, oh, okay, I'll come help with that. And then when you get there, you're like, oh, this dog's pulling on a lead because it's scared or this dog's jumping up at visitors because they actually want to bite them and they want them to get out of the house. You're like, this is probably a bit a bit more than training. You need a bit of extra support. That's where you can get in touch with with one of us and we can team up essentially. You know, we can take the referral on for you. We can kind of help you figure it out. And some of us will then even kind of go okay come and join me and you can help me rehab with this client so then you get you get like a nice collaboration both of us are there to help the client the trainers get to learn a little bit of extra cpd we get to learn a little bit of their training skills and it works out really well for the client because they get the best of both worlds then they get the behavior knowledge and they get someone to help them implement the training plan and that's perfect for some people others just want to be given a plan and have like little check-ins every couple of weeks to make sure they're going right and if it's going a bit wrong to go why has it gone wrong here and then we can look and address it and I think people don't realize how diverse varied yeah what we do is because I know that you have very long-term plans that are self-study things as well as I do and you also have more in-person things so what do you find with your clients that you find that they want the most and if if there are any kind of not necessarily problems, but situations where they're like, not sure where the best fit. Where do you find 
is that kind of juncture where you're like, I'm probably not the best person for you. You would be better off with with these people. That's a good question. So I think the the key is um, knowing what you want and and sort of listening to this and going, what do I need out of contacting a behaviourist? So for me, I work with separation problems. So um, and I don't like to say that they can be a long term problem because I do think sometimes you can fix them. You know, everyone says separation takes such a long time. And I try and say, look, let's look at your problem and see whether how we can fix it. But I tend to have if I take clients on one to one, it tends to be more long term. And so and I do it only online. So I bless you. <laughs> I do it only online. So I do it um video consultations but I also have a full kind of blueprint membership that people can join that is completely self-study um and it's you know that's the way it works so for people coming to me I'll say you can see me I will see you online I have a specific program that we follow if we work one-to-one or you can do this but if it's somebody for example they're older and they don't have access to technology then I'll say okay this is someone you can see in person or this is someone that might be able to come out and help with these things so I think for behaviorists I would say it's being very clear on who you can help because Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that you get the best help to people and I think for owners it's thinking what do I need so you know Daniel if you actually it's a good thing to consider if you go to somebody for help how do you like your help delivered yeah, I like I like videos. Related, like I don't know, funny the thing, something something unrelated. Yeah, how would yeah, you? Yeah, like- so if I'm going to someone for where I want to learn something new, mm-hmm. like I'm a very practical learner, and I think knowing a little bit about yourself and how you learn and how you absorb information, because um, if you give me handouts and things to read, I'm not going to read them. Mm-hmm. With the best intention, best will in the world, I will want to, but I won't. Okay. Um, Whereas you demo something in front of me, so I'm better physically being with someone and being shown or being on video with someone and them doing something in the moment with me because I I can get very scatty. And if someone goes, hey, watch this video, I'll be like, yes. And then I'll forget it exists. Mm -hmm. So I need people to kind of guide me at the moment and then give me deadlines. So Mm -hmm. if they say, I'd like you to watch this video and do these exercises or work on this thing and then I'll meet with you in two weeks time, they've given me a deadline to watch the video. So for me, that that's what I need. I need to know what I need to do. and I need deadlines and someone yeah. to hold me accountable because I'm very bad at being accountable for myself, um, which is why I have a team around me to support me and I have an office admin and things because I know that's that's a personal thing that I am working on. So if you're a client that, that needs that, it's knowing that that's the kind of support that you need, in which case the self-study blueprints that you mentioned probably aren't the best for them but if they have the blueprint that they could follow and they chat with you mm-hmm. every so often so you can say here's the next step mm-hmm. let, let me know when you finish this or i'll meet you in three weeks time mm-hmm. that's good for some people others i know are very much a i don't want to speak to someone just show me the information let me set study it and give I'm it a go a... myself is that what that's you're probably, like that's probably why we've created things like that because i think i'm like show me what to do i'll do it i'll go off and do it and if I've got a question, I'll come back to you, but I just want to get it done. Like, I just want to get it done. I don't, I, I don't, um, I don't learn very well in a big group. So I'd rather have it one thing, one-to-one, do it, get it done. So it's really interesting because we're probably quite different in learning styles and so we're probably quite different in how we deliver it. And yeah. so I think that's what, if you're, yeah, if you're a pet owner and you think, like, think, how do you, in an ideal world, how would someone teach you something? Like, do you, you know, if you've got a dog, for example, 
do you learn well in job class? Like, is that your, and, and do you enjoy the social part? And is that something that would be important to you, the social part of it? Or are you someone that, that hates that side of it and, and doesn't like faffing around and you just want to be told, A, B, C, this is what you need to do. So, yeah. and same probably for horses, you know, same for yeah. cats as well. It's the same thing, you know. Um, and also your practical, your level of practical skills as well. Because some owners, if someone comes to me and they've been a puppy owner and they've been through all my classes previously or they've been through my courses and I know that their practical skills are really good, then I don't need to focus on that as much. Whereas if you get someone who doesn't know how to lure a dog or to teach a dog, that's what you need to focus on. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. The different different ways people learn, I think. Yeah, and I think that's what people need to to really think about before contact because some people will contact us because they've seen our name somewhere <laughs> or we are the closest person to them and it's wonderful and we will be more than happy to help you but it's finding the person that's going to work work best for you yeah um because i love clients that are like yourself lauren that will come along and i can go here's your plan here's a bunch of videos watch them work through them let me know if you need help and quite often i won't hear from them for months and part of me is like oh god are they okay do they not like me i'll check in and they'll go oh yeah everything's going fine we're happily working through the program and you get other people that will be like you haven't contacted me for a while and they need the extra hand holding so setting up those expectations early on and going this is how we work this is what you're accountable for this is what i'm accountable for and you knowing that ahead of time can really help alleviate a lot of those confusions yeah. Because sometimes you need to find the behaviorist that fits your learning style and has the stuff that suits how you learn. And if you really do need that in-person practical support, then you need someone that offers that and has a venue and can work through those things. And there are lots of people. Yeah. The vast, vast majority of the APBC, like we're, we're, we're probably one of the only two that do on like mainly online because yeah. the vast majority are in-person behaviorists. So it's... Yeah. You, you will find that that online online you will find that in-person support when you need it and there will be someone they might not be 10 minutes drive away but they will be able to help you so I think that's the main thing is go okay yeah. I've got this issue I want to see this person there will always yeah there will be someone that can help yeah absolutely and you know all of our members are assessed on their training skills as well and the vast majority of them are animal training instructors as well and we belong to training organizations because we've run training classes or we put on workshops so it's not just that we are just behaviorists a lot of us are trainers too and we can help you from both sides you do have some of us that are that focus more on the behavior side and they don't do a lot of the in-person training things and they will refer on for other people for that. But the vast majority of us, we we have both skill sets and we can do both roles and we know when to when to switch into each of them. And it's making sure that you find the members that are going to be right for you and your learning style. Because sometimes it's not that the behaviorist wasn't able to help you. It's just that they were able to present the information in the way that you learn. And, you know, many of us will set up different things for different learning styles, for different forms of of disabilities or neurodivergences and be able to allow you but we need to know those that information that's that's the key is we need to, so i think what you can take away from this is think about how do you like to learn and what is your expectation when you work with someone with your animal so is it because some people will do it some people will say i do training walks and so i will take your dog out and do some work with them while they come on walks and there are so many different styles so is it you want someone to well not really do it for you because you don't so much promote that but someone to do as, as much as the work as possible yeah get those foundations in place yeah. first yeah. Um, yeah 
because that's yeah. the service I used to offer back when my, I was more physically healthy than I am now is I used to go, okay, for the first few weeks, I will take your dog out on a walk. I will teach them the the basic skills of kind of relaxing or checking in or whatever it was that we were teaching because I had the handling skills and I was faster at doing that than the average pet owner because I'm mm. a professional. It, it was my literally my job. Once the dog knew what to do, you can then go, okay, now we can transfer it over to you and you can take over the reins and do it. And there's lots of behaviorists and trainers that work that way. Others will coach you virtually and it's figuring out what, what you need as the first step. So it's okay. I need help with my dog. Fantastic. It's wonderful that you've got to a stage where you're like, okay, I need external help. I need to stop scrolling YouTube and trying bits of, of (laughs) everything because all the techniques that you see, most of them need to follow a specific plan. And a lot of the YouTube videos, as wonderful as they are, they miss out the the beginning foundation exercises because, you know, we, that's very tailored to your situation, your dog. So it's, a, okay, I need help with my dog. What help and support do I need as a person? What does my dog need? What are my physical capabilities? What's my schedule like? What's my learning style like? So you can figure out, do I have the time is a, is a first one? Do you have the commitment? Are you in a place where you're ready to actually invest in your animal and commit to a structured treatment plan mm-hmm. rather than it just being a I need to do this it's like okay that's great but we need to put these things in place so are you going on holiday soon are you expecting a baby is there a house renovation there's so many other things that can get in the way of these plans and it's having a look at, at where you are and going what help do I need what support do I need and then finding a, a behaviorist that can help you in the way that you need because out of the we've got like 400 members in our organization i think there's bound to be one of us yeah there will be someone (laughs) that will be able to help you they might not necessarily be down the road but we can team up with people that are more local and we can find ways to to help and support you and i think people miss that flexibility Mm -hmm. um, within the organization Uh, so i'd love to hear in the comments of what you would want from behaviorists what's your expectation have we kind of blown your mind with us not being what you thought is there anything that you're like i would love a trainer that did this or i'd love a behaviorist that did this and give us some ideas because we can then feed that that back to our organization it's understanding everyone's remit and as lauren said it's, it's setting up those expectations isn't it with our clients so we we know what to expect from each other yeah absolutely i think and also if we know of anyone we will put it in the comments as well who you can con- if there's anyone that comes to mind you say I need help with this and we go we know this person is really good we'll put that in the comments as well so um yeah I hope this has helped so hopefully you've got a good clear plan you have a think about how you enjoy learning new things and um thank you so much for listening and watching and we will see you next time bye